This is Mike McGinnis. And Carrington Vanston. And you're listening to an episode of the No Quarter Podcast, the classic video arcade game show. <laughs> I see you <laughs> fishing for a synonym there. Yes, I, I realized I had, I had already burned through podcasts and had to come up with something. So. <laughs> Nicely done, I say so. Thank Nicely you, sir. Done. So how are you, Carrington? I am totally fabulous. Haven't you heard? Um, of course. Everyone tells me that you're awesome and fabulous. I pay them to say so. I'm sure you do. <laughs> yes, I do. I'm <laughs> fabulous even though we've been playing a very difficult game. Oh. And, what, and what about you, Mr. McGinnis? I've been doing pretty well. Yeah. Um, so I, I haven't necessarily been looking forward to this podcast so much, um, as you'll hear about later on, but uh, because I hate this game. <laughs> I have a totally different reaction, although this game has completely destroyed and humbled me. Yes, it's got to be um, one of the hardest games I've ever played, ever, ever. For those who weren't uh, paying attention or, or didn't listen last week, uh, the game that we're talking about is Gravatar, the 1982 vector graphics game from Atari. Oh, Gravatar, Gravatar. How and you are mean. This is probably one of the most difficult arcade games I've ever played. Yeah, um, and that se- it seems, from reading online, by, and by reading online I mean looking for gameplay tips, it seems that the, uh, the general consensus is that this is one of the harder, if not one of the hardest, uh, of the classic coin-op games. Uh, well, in my case, it certainly lived up to the, its reputation. <laughs> uh, what was frustrating for me was that the... Um, I struggled with the controls. Like I figured, because because this game uses doesn't it doesn't have a standard joystick for control. It's it's all about button mashing. There's five buttons. There's one to to rotate left, one to rotate right, and you've got thrust, shield, and fire. So mm-hmm. while you're trying to navigate and not bounce into random stuff and explode, uh, or get sucked down onto a planet's surface and explode that way because of the gravity. So many ways to explode. Um, oh, yeah. So many ways to die in this. You've got things that are shooting at you. And um, in my head, because I don't have a lot of experience with this game, this is why I don't play a lot of fighter, fighting games, you know, where you have button mesh. We have button combinations that you have to remember in the heat of battle. Right. And so I just start randomly hitting the button and going, why is it going over there? Stop that. Um, <laughs> randomly so, hitting buttons would not work yeah. in this game. No. Believe me, no. I know. Uh, and in, in addition to this, you also have to manage your fuel because if you run out of fuel, you'll crash and die. Um, mm-hmm. So it's uh, I, I did not do very well. I think I only made it off the first, the initial screen, the very first screen. I only made it off the first screen one or two times. Wait, so you did better than me then? I did didn't you? even finish the whole like first solar system. So we should talk about that a bit, and we'll get to our high scores, like the the general structure of the game. And yes, if people are wondering, we will get to feedback, and we will talk about who won or who oh, we haven't right. even selected our winner, but we will live on air, live so should, votes, select should our we, winner. Should we? Hit that first and then get into Gravatar? You know what? Yes, this, that, will, that will have been our Gravatar teaser. <laughs> and now, it's like our one of those teaser, flash forwards. sucks. <laughs> and now we will pull it back and let's talk uh, feedback. Let's pick a lucky winner. Okay. Um, uh, we haven't really talked about how we're going to pick the winner. We just have a list of names at the moment. And um, so feedback. Oh, feedback. We do get feedback. Mm. We got some good feedback this time, I thought. We did. We yes. Did. Talking about our, our our dig dug episode. Sure. Um, shout. Do you do you have anything in particular you um, want to shout out or talk I, about? I do actually because this one goes back. I think two episodes. Um, well, well, it goes back to the previous episode where I was talking about the arcade setup that I used to play the episode before that. Um, I was talking about how I had hacked the spinner into my X arcade, um, and Egan Ford. I remember. Sent, Egan Ford had sent me sent me an email asking me how I did that. Um, he has the tank stick set up uh, rather than the dual, um, 
that that I have, and so I don't know. Egan, I'm not sure specifically like the the internals and what you would have to do. I know. Okay, so what I did was I bought um, what it's called the Turbo Twist Two Arcade Spinner Control, and I got this from GroovyGameGear.com. Um, and it comes with, and you can, what's nice about it is you can pick different uh, spinner tops. And, um, if you pick, you can pick the heavier ones, if you want to want a, a more, if you want to feel that inertia more. Um, and <clears throat> then I, once, once those arrived, I basically opened the back of the, the X arcade, found some, some area in there that wasn't being used, drilled a hole through the top of my, um, X arcade and then mounted the stick inside that the the, or the spinner in the hole and then mount, it comes with a PCB which you can screw into pretty much any piece of free particle board inside the the mm-hmm. spinner itself does not actually integrate into the X arcade's electronics so you what you end up with is two USB connections coming out of it right. the, the, the X arcade sort of acts as a host to the spinner for a mount but it doesn't talk to it. Um, so if you're interested, uh, Egan, I would check out the stuff that they have at uh, GroovyGameGear.com. They've got a lot of different selections and, and great knobs there. Um, <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I try not to laugh. I try. I really do. <laughs> I just fail. So, And I, I got the whole thing for less than 100 bucks. Um, and for the, the, the uh, spinner games that I play, it was definitely worth the investment. And like I said, it, it's not di- and it's not difficult to do. You just drill it, glue it in place, and um, you're pretty much good to go. It is remarkably easy. I think we've talked about, or at least touched on this before. It's remarkably easy to assemble uh, a, a like a main machine nowadays, like compared to before. My first attempt at doing so was years ago. It was much more difficult. And there is so much stuff you can buy now. And I, I would also recommend Groovy Game Gear. I have purchased from them before as well. And But to pick up the various <laughs> knobs and uh, spinners <laughs> and joysticks, they they wire together by just literally clipping together these like pre-done wires with little clips on the end um, at, uh, just into one little little controller box that just converts it over to, to USB. And, and just it's so simple to wire up a, 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 a main machine, like a standalone main machine nowadays. It's, it's awesome. So, yeah, Groovy Game Gear is a, a really good place to go looking for parts and advice and stuff. Yep, that's uh, they get my my recommendation as well. Yep. Thumbs up to our non-sponsor. <laughs> Fingers crossed, maybe someday. Hey, maybe day. Yes. Uh, so, what's next on our uh, list of feedback, Carradine? Uh, well, let me see. I want to I want to give a shout out to Christopher. Christopher Titchenell, I guess it would be pronounced. Okay. Um, and why are we giving a shout out to Christopher? Because he made a cool thing in Lego, and it's awesome. And I think I was telling you even before the show that I liked his his uh, his submission into the Dig Dug concert so contest so much. I wanted to rig it so he would win. <laughs> oh, I shouldn't have said that because now if he does, right now, win, now we go. can't win. <laughs> <laughs> no, sure he can. Um, but it was go, really awesome. Karen, he wrote. Know. Where's his email? He wrote. Uh, I hope I'm not too late for the Dig Dug contest. No, of course not. Um, I really suck at. At, at the game, now we're talking about Dig Dug, not uh, Gravatar. Everybody sucks at Gravatar. Mm-hmm. So my high score would not impress anyone. I do love the design and look of the game, so I made a Taizo and a Puka out of Lego. Uh, great podcast, guys. Uh, really fun to listen to both of you talk about classic arcade games, and I can't wait for episodes on Moon Patrol and Zaxxon. We'll definitely get to both of those. And he attached in his email a photo of 
uh, both those characters made out of Lego. And they're just, it's perfect. It's amazing how Lego, being essentially three-dimensional plastic pixels, you can think of them that way. So anything you see in the old 8-bit games is kind of like just screaming to be made in Lego. And it just, it looks perfect. I thought it was just amazing. Yeah, these things are so cool. And yeah. uh, we'll definitely post this picture uh, on Facebook and, and tweet it out from the, yep. the on podcast another podcast show account. Yeah, probably on the RCR or something like that. We talked about how there's a thing, or at least there used to be a thing. There was a site where you could design your own Lego kits. And oh. you would go on the website. It was like an official Lego thing. And you would submit your kit design. Like you would get the Lego pieces, put them together, the photographs or whatever. And then people would vote them. It's sort of like a Reddit for, for Lego. And if something got enough votes, 10,000 votes, 100,000 votes, whatever the heck it was, it would then be considered for actual release as a kit and you would get a percentage of the sales it was like this this crazy thing um he should do this he should go on kickstarter and, and do like a eight-bit lego kits i i would buy something like that little tiny lego collections um that let you assemble like mario characters and yeah. stuff it would be awesome <laughs> that sounds really cool i think so too so i think christopher should do that and christopher should give us a percentage of it oh yes or but he least... should do all the actual work well well i don't even want a percentage i just want him to send along finished products so i don't have to put it together myself i like it yeah hear that christopher send us stuff that's right <laughs> so anyway i loved his email it was so that that photo was just amazing so yeah and uh, what else did we get? Um, Rex asked a question for us. Rex Ellison, he, he had written in asking, I think, a really good question. I think it's probably something for us to think about and address. But um, he talked about uh, uh, it was the Dig Dug and stuff. But in the, in the middle of the email, he said, I know this is a touchy subject with MAME, but I've never had much luck with ROMs working or being compatible with the version of MAME I'm running. Mm-hmm. Um, for all but a few games, I've given up trying to get them working on MAME. Most... Uh, most postings on the web don't like to talk about the subject and uh, tell you to use Google because it's really touchy. We're, we're, we're getting into uh, copyright stuff and things like that. So he says, we're great to hear tips on the subject as long as it doesn't get anyone in trouble. I don't mind getting Mike in trouble. And uh, I live here in Canada where we're basically a lawless wasteland. We can do anything we want up here. That's true. And, and when I get in trouble, I'll just run to Canada. <laughs> exactly. We welcome you. We welcome you with <laughs> with uh, with uh, free medicine and open arms. <laughs> so um, it's one of those things where I would have I have no qualms about giving tips, but I don't have a lot of tips to give. So I'm going to have to think about it because I too have really struggled with MAME and various versions, and you get ROMs and they'll say it's missing stuff and. It can be really hard to put it together. I do know that if you've got lots of bandwidth, most people recommend just getting everything as a set. But it's huge. Like you can download like sort of complete running sets of things. Yeah, um, and that's that's like, exactly what I do. You yeah. know, I but isn't aren't they massive downloads? Like, well, I like, think the latest one was fifty-two or fifty-eight gigabytes or something yeah. like that. So that's it's what I'm crazy, talking about. It's a fifty-eight huge. gigabyte download. Right. So. so so what you do is is you find a set that works for you. Maybe it could be a little bit older. That's fine. And just hold on to that one. You, right. know, you don't have to update every version. Or or if there's a specific game you want that, that you're waiting for them to figure out how to get emulation to work or or the emulation in, in the one that you have is, is kind of crappy, don't just go out and get the next one. Wait until they figure out the issues um, and then then try to get it. Because they change the ROMs and, and the way MAME works with them. It changes pretty much every release. And so you end up with 
half the stuff with the new release or with half the stuff in the old release doesn't work with the new one and you have to end up trying to hunt down specific ROMs and, and that's just a it's that's not a lot of fun. Right. And yes, and and the issue is that even though these games are usually quite old and, and ROMs are often for games from the you know seventies and eighties, that's still within copyright. They're still owned by companies. It's, mm-hmm. it's you're not supposed to be I, I think in Canada you're allowed to have ROMs for things if you actually own the product. I think that's how it goes. But like it, it is a touchy subject, and I don't think it's been legally tested much in the court. So everyone's sort of afraid to do what, like who knows what the, what the rules are. The other way to go would be to sort of budget, say, two to three thousand dollars a game you like, buy original systems, rent a large warehouse, put them all in there. That that is another way to go. That's what I'm. That's where I'm going to go. I, I'm I think for so. That. Yep. I'm not going to download 58 gigabytes of stuff. I think you know, budgeting, you know, two three hundred thousand dollars and set up your own arcade, and so much simpler. Yep. Plus, we can make our own version of the uh, the arcade ambient sound and, and do that fifth one that Ken had noticed. Was <laughs> yes. And we'll call it the Ken sound. It'll be All awesome. right. <laughs> um, so what else did we get? You know, I got I got feedback um, on Twitter about Qbert. And I know we haven't talked about Qbert. And um, it, had, it was just in a... I just want to bring it up because I thought it was something really interesting to mention. And at first I was going to take a note to say, here, here's something we should talk about in the Qbert episode. But I know me and I won't take that note or if I do, <laughs> I will lose it. So I'm just going to say it now and people, everybody else can just remember this. So <laughs> Ian, um, who's Erasmus on, on Twitter, Ian McLaughlin, he wrote uh, that his best memory of Qbert was when you unplug the machine, it would scream bye-bye as the power went away. Oh, that's hilarious. Isn't that awesome? So, so I thought he uses, was, he uses yeah. the last bit of power in his capacitors to, to <laughs> scream goodbye. <laughs> I know. So I thought that was such a great thing, and I didn't know that. Yeah, um, I just wanted to be said because I, I thought I'm going to forget it in our Qbert episode. Whenever it does, would come and go, and I would have forgotten to mention it. And it was that's just such funny. a cool thing. So that's a little pre-feedback for some future episode. Okay, great. Yeah. So let's, you know. Um, we had one more. Oh, do we? Uh, well, this is <laughs> this is from from an, <laughs> it's another one from Egan Ford actually. This was uh, addressed to both of us. Um, he's talking more about spinners and joysticks. Right. Uh, to you, he says that the spinner that you are, are looking for in your closet that you used for video editing is probably the Griffin Powermate. I have one too. Very nice volume control knob. Crap spinner. And oh, okay. And he blogged about it uh, over at his. Page thejerkworks.com. Uh, we would have a link if we bothered to keep show notes, but uh, I will don't, eventually so. have show notes. We're on the <laughs> oh, cusp. Okay. We're on the cusp of show okay. notes. Atari twenty six hundred paddles with a twenty six hundred dater, uh, twenty six hundred gear to USB works great for breakout style games, but lacks the inertia of a properly weighted spinner or large trackball required for games like Tron and Tempest. Uh, I also had problems with four-position games using an eight-way arcade stick, uh, the aforementioned uh, X-Arcade, the one that he talked about earlier. The X-Arcade is a setup for eight-position fighting games. When playing four-position games, it's too touchy, especially when transitioning from vertical to horizontal. To fix it, I had to invert the cylinder inside the joystick housing. This is documented on the X-Arcade website somewhere, and it's a pain in the ass. It's my only real beef with the product. Yeah, and, and I was having that exact same sort of problem with mine. Um, being very finicky and off being sort of tilted a little bit. So yeah. I was never getting that. Oh, yeah, that was really hurting my Dig Dug game. That's the only reason I didn't get a new high score. Oh, sure. Like, yeah, a, yeah, global record would yeah. have been mine if it it's wasn't a, for that small. It's a, it's a poor musician that blames his instrument, Carrington. It's an excellent musician <laughs> that blames his instrument. I'd be even more excellent if it wasn't for my, yeah. my instrument. Okay, so. Instrument. Oh, you know what? Speaking of Egan, what I found very funny was it, 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 I just remembered that like ages ago 
um, he had written to us. I think it was in response to like the Burger Time episode or something mm-hmm. to to recommend that we do a month of Vector uh, podcasts. Yes, he did. And I think he said we 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 do it and we'd call it like No Vector or right. Vectember. Yeah. Um, so if I look it up from our earlier feedback, he had recommended seeing it his like. Quote, Lunar Lander, Asteroids, Battle Zone, Star Wars, and my favorite, Star Castle. So here we are doing a vector game, and we pick one not on his list. <laughs> <laughs> we anyway, we I thought that was, suck. <laughs> we're just very mean podcasters. Yes, right. So I think it's just hilarious that we had somebody recommend that. We're like, yeah, we'll do that. We'll pick a different game. <laughs> Sorry, Egan. We'll eventually get to everything on that list, I'm sure. We promise. Yeah, so, so shall we give something away? Oh, please. I, now, what was it that we were giving away again? We were giving away uh, a collection of five retro arcade posters that were designed by Steve Thomas. Uh, and these are retro propaganda posters. And these are available at ThinkGeek if you want to buy them. I think it's $50 for all five. But the winner gets some free here today. Absolutely. Um, we were yep. going to buy them and sh- um, using our sponsor. I should shout out to our sponsor, Rio Welding. It's yes. a metal fabrication company up here in Toronto. They are going to pay for it. And we will ship it directly from ThinkGeek to the winner. So between Twitter and email and Facebook, etc., we seem to have a total of 40, yeah, here's the list, 47 people are in the wow. list. So everyone's got a pretty decent chance of winning, more than yeah. like 2%. So um, rather than, the numbers here are pretty much in order of when people entered. So that would be kind of unfair if you pick one. So why don't we do a mod thing? Mike, pick some random number, say higher than 2,000, and I'll mod it and add one, and that'll be our, our winner. 48,612. 48,612. Okay, let me mod that 47. And add one. And our winner is Sal Bugliarzi. Bugliarzi. So, Sal, you have one. And if I go, let's see, Sal has an EB beside him. So, it means he sent us email. And I can open up Sal. And he wrote to us. Let's see if he. So here's why Sal won. He wrote to us, uh, I love this game, and it was great listening to you guys talk about it on the podcast. I played it, oh, we're talking about uh, Dig Dug. I played it religiously every day after school in grade eight at some random Greek restaurant. I pumped a ton of quarters into it because of the continue feature, thinking I could somehow get to the end of the game. Oh, no, no, Sal, you can't. Um, anyway, it was cool to hear about the level 255 kill screen on the podcast. So thank you very much for the feedback, Sal. That was awesome of you. And yeah, thank you for listening. And before we move on, I, I thought thought this was interesting. Sal also won uh, our I, – I, ho- I co-host another podcast, the Open Apple Podcast. It's an right. Apple II-specific podcast. Back uh, – show number 8, October 2011, Sal won our Name the Game contest. <laughs> really? Yes. Sal is a podcast winner. He's, Holy cow. He is cleaning up. Well, well done, Sal. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, and thank you to everybody else for um, for writing in. It was We got some really great feedback, and it was just really nice for people to take the time to do that and stuff. And yes, and, and yeah, this is so. it's, it's nice because it's encouraging for you know future contests. Absolutely, so yes. They've, this they've definitely won't be the only thing that we do. Uh, no, this is it. We're done. We're closing. Oh, we are. Oh, okay. Sorry, folks. <laughs> uh, before we move on, I just wanted to, to mention um, – there are five posters in that set, and they're, they're, it's cool because they're designed sort of like World War II propaganda posters, um, but obviously they're arcade game um, in design. Uh, but if you go to stevethomasart.com uh, forward slash propaganda.html, he's actually designed a bunch more of these. Oh, cool. Um, and some of them were limited runs, and there's two, they're completely sold out. You can't get them, but there are others that you can... Yeah, you can pick them up one uh, uh, as uh, uh, one at a time or as a group, 
but that's definitely worth seeing all the work that he's put in. Very, very nice. And yeah. these posters, the ones we're giving away, are amazing. Like, oh, yes. Yeah, really, really yeah. nice. I, nice I've, got my own, I've got my own set. That's why I recommended them for this contest. And uh, I think Sal will be very pleased. Well, fantastic. Hopefully Sal will take a picture when he gets them and show us where, where they're now, is Are you going to contact Sal yep. separately? Is that... Yeah, I'll send, I'll send him a, a, a note right after this. Or, or maybe I'll wait for the podcast to go live yeah, we should probably so wait. Sal can hear his name be called. We <laughs> will right. secretly know for the next few days that Sal yes. won. And I'll, maybe I'll send him hints That's on Facebook right. to tease him. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about Gravatar. Oh, do we have we've, to? We've put it off as long oh, as we can. Right. Time to talk um, about Gravatar. Okay, so uh, as you heard from our little preview, neither of us did very well with this game. <laughs> um, I had trouble trying to keep track of what was going on with the screen while at the same time controlling the reflexes of my fingers on the five buttons that you use to control your small blue spacecraft. The game starts in a fictional solar system with several planets to explore. If you move your ship onto a planet, you will be taken to the side view of the landscape. Um, The player has five buttons to work with, two to rotate left and right, one to shoot, one to activate the thruster, and one for the tractor beam and force field. Um, Gravatar is among uh, several other games that also use a five-button system, including Asteroids, Asteroids Deluxe, and Space Duel. Um, In the side view levels, a player has to destroy red bunkers that shoot constantly, and the player can use the tractor beam to pick up blue fuel tanks. Uh, Once all the bunkers are destroyed, the planet blows up, and the player earns a bonus. Once all the planets are destroyed, the player moves on to another solar system. There are a total of three solar systems that you have to play through. Um, Supposedly. Yeah, I've never seen them and probably never will. (laughs) Gravatar has a total of 12 different planets. Uh, Red Planet is available in all three phases of the universe. It contains a reactor. Shooting the reactor core activates a link. Escaping the reactor successfully moves the player to the next phase of planets. Awards a bonus point of seven... Awards... Easy for me to say. Awards bonus points of 7,500 units of fuel... Um, reactor escape time reduces after each phase, so you not only are you trying to manage fuel, Can't but you imagine. also have a countdown. Yeah, it's just crazy. And there, there, yeah, there's um, the program has thought that even the best players could never complete the most difficult planets on the invisible levels. My goodness, I know it's amazing. So <laughs> you start with the like you were saying, like the first uh, solar system has a few planets, and and you zoom to each planet, and you, it's all done in vector, and it's really gorgeous looking, and and you go down and you shoot the little turrets or bunkers, I guess they're called, and and uh, once you destroy all the planets and and hit this, uh, so and, and this is the part I couldn't get past is to shoot the reactor and get you warped to the next zone, mm-hmm. and the next universe it reverses the gravity. So now all the planets push you away instead of pulling you to make it harder. Well, and the third universe, love this one, makes all the planets landscapes invisible. So <laughs> gravity is normal no. again, but you can't see where the ground is. Oh, that's nice. And then the fourth version is the reverse gravity and the planets are invisible. Uh. <laughs> like, come on, it's just insane. I didn't even, I didn't get off the first uh, solar system, but I thought it was hilarious that that, they said, oh, you can do that? Well, then let's reverse it. Oh, you can do that? Let's make it invisible. <laughs> yeah. It's like is, they're just messing with you. <laughs> this is bad. Um, oh, it's but. Bad. Uh, amazingly, uh, Dan Coogan of Phoenix, Arizona, set the world gravatar uh, world record at eight million twenty nine thousand four hundred and fifty points on December twelfth, two thousand six, and he did it in twenty three hours and fifteen minutes. That's crazy the, that somebody can play. Is there like a pause feature? Like, how does somebody I play a game that long? Well, I, I don't know. Um, I, I would probably, I would think that bladder and things like that would become a problem after a while. I'm, I'm not sure. The previous world record was 4,722,200 points, which was set 
which lasted for 24 years, set by Ray Mueller of Boulder, Colorado, uh, on December 4th, 1982, and he played for 12 hours and 21 minutes. Crazy. So it was the the record was actually set back in 82. Yes. This game was essentially new. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then it lasted that whole time. I guess because nobody thought, like, why bother? The game's impossible. <laughs> yeah. I don't, uh, I don't Four know. Four million points. I, That's I, crazy. Well, I, <laughs> a thousand points. That's crazy. <laughs> I did more. I did more than a thousand. How'd you do? My total score was eleven thousand two hundred even. Okay. One so one you, two zero zero. You beat me, but just by a little bit. I got ten thousand nine hundred points. Woohoo! Yep. I am the winner of the Gravatar. You are, and current reigning world champion <laughs> of the two of us. Of the two of us. Yeah. The thing is, of my score was actually higher than that at one point during the game. Your score actually can go down in this game. Yes, there are so many things about this game that I, I, I didn't notice while I was first playing. I was like, wait, my, I thought I was high. I had a score of a slightly above 12,000. At one point in the game, I thought, hey, I'm doing my best game. And then I finished, and I only have 11,200. I'm thinking, how, how did that happen? I, 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 I must have read it wrong. It was only af- after a while I realized things like you can pick up these. Fu- first of all, I didn't realize it was fuel. I thought it was like little guys you were trying to rescue. You go down and use oh, like a little defender. tractor beam. And it's really just you're grabbing fuel tanks. I didn't know it was fuel. <laughs> I was like, I don't know what to do. And But when you take fuel, because you've got this fuel gauge that's that's winding down. And you and you get a number of, of ships. And if you get shot, you lose a life. But if you run out of fuel, the game is just over. So yes. it's really important to keep your fuel up. And as you're flying around, like in Lunar Lander, you're, and this game is kind of like Lunar Lander mixed with asteroids kind of thing, um, you're burning your fuel. So I started just picking up, every time I see it, I pick up fuel. But when you pick up fuel, you lose points. It like punishes you for picking up fuel, even though you have to pick up fuel right. to keep flying. I mean, what kind of game design is that? And I like how in the you start on this, um, like out in the solar system, like you were saying. Like, so you're you start in this... This solar system that shows the various planets you can go to and has a sun that will pull you into it if you don't fly away and will kill you. And there'll be like bad guys flying around shooting at you and you have to kill them. So it's like on the menu screen where you're picking what world to go to, there are bad guys shooting at you on the menu screen. (laughs) Even that itself as a philosophy is a game that's really trying to be hard. So I found that very funny. Yes, they're warning you that they're going to punish you for playing Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it's just just crazy. And just... um, I know... We should mention, I mean, we, we've sort of talked about it, but we haven't really touched on it much, that this is a, a, a vector game. Like, so that's what really differentiates this from every game yes, we've talked is. about so far. Mm. That it's all just done with lines rather than done with uh, pixels. So it's not a raster game. The various types of graphics, a lot of people into printing and stuff would know that you either have vector or you have raster. And you can think of raster as something that's been rasterized is made of the dots, it's pixels. And something that's vector is really made of the math that does... Uh, details the lines that would be drawn so it can kind of scale to any size. Right. Um, yeah. And it's pretty, though. I, I really... I'm not used to vector games being so colorful. I mean, Star Castle and stuff is, but I think of vector games as being like Battlezone or being like Asteroids, where it's just, you know, white lines. Right, one um, or two colors, yeah. Whereas this is a very colorful game. It's a really brightly colorful game for, it is. for just a, a, a impossibly hard vector game. Yes, and it, so, uh, it does use the, the M6502 CPU and two Pokey sound chips to oh, generate back to the, the Pokey? It is, Which makes yeah. sense, being an Atari game. Sure, it they is, like their Pokey. Um, let's see, what do we got here? The buttons were messing me up. 
the yeah. idea of the buttons. In fact, at first I was blaming the buttons. So here I am playing on my, <laughs> my main machine and I got I got five buttons, you know, the, the rotate buttons and then your fire thrust and then combination tractor beam and shield, which at first I thought was just a tractor beam. Some of the some of the colors aren't as bright as others and I didn't realize it was a shield. So, and it's vital. Use the shield more than use oh, yes. the firing. <laughs> so that, that, that improved my game dramatically when I realized, hey, I, I can't be hurt when I've got the shield button down. That's nice. Um, <laughs> but I kept thinking because uh, I didn't have this game loaded on my actual main cabinet the one with mm-hmm. the, the joystick and stuff so I was playing this on my Mac and I, it took me a while to figure out the controls and I'm like oh I've, I've just got buttons here I don't have any my joystick's not working and I thought well oh this game is just so difficult because it's forcing me to use buttons instead of the joystick it must need to use and then I read about it and it turns out no no you're supposed to use the buttons so I'm like oh oh well <laughs> no excuse there <laughs> so, yeah and, and uh, in fact I uh, I the button setup was I couldn't play it at all on the uh, on the IK just because remapping buttons is difficult on the IK doing any kind of configuration is is kind of difficult um, because you don't have a keyboard and you can't type or, or make any you have to use the joystick and buttons to make any changes um, so I figured well maybe I'll have a better time if I switched over to the PC and the X arcade and that was frustrating so there's a local um, place it's not it's not technically an arcade but they sell arcade cabinets, and you can go down there and they'll let you play games for a little while. And they have a Gravatar unit, so I even went down there to try and play it on uh, on the way it was meant to be played with the two buttons on the right and uh, on the left and the three on the right. And I, I was better at it. That's where I got my high score, but still not very good. I think it would be better that way. I, I just looked at that. That just reminded me of something on Twitter. I was talking about how... Um, I was playing this game and I was really, really liking it, but it was destroying me. It was like such an impossible game. <laughs> and and a lot of people wrote back to say that, you know, they love this game. You're writing so hard, but it's their favorite game. Lots of, uh, lots of people were writing to me about how this is their favorite game. And uh, a guy named Dane Neister on Twitter had said, I had said, like, it's such a hard game. And he said, well, try playing it on an iPad with just touchscreen controls. Mm. You will Gosh. know the true meaning of pain. <laughs> oh, yeah. That, I, I, I can't imagine that even being slightly fun. Like, this is a game that, like, I it was frustrating because I was, you know, trying to deal with learning the buttons i think like if i either had a stand-up version of this a real arcade cabinet or i had the time to devote to really learn this i bet i would love this game i already do and i get and that's i think an important point to say like both of us are saying how this is frustrating as heck which it is it destroyed us which it did i can't imagine a game harder than this but even in that this is on the cusp of becoming one of my favorite games i can't express how much I still liked this game. Something about this just resonated with me. I liked vector graphics anyway. I liked the fact it was hard. I just keep thinking, like you, if I could master the controls a little, maybe play it on a real cabinet, this this is going to be the top 10 favorite games for me, I think. Like, I just loved playing this, even though I couldn't even finish the, the first solar system. Like, <laughs> couldn't even get close. Like, I would get destroyed. I would finish two planets. You know, one time I finished the three planets, which I guess would be my high score. And I got lucky doing that. Like, so I'm terrible at this game, but I loved playing it. Yeah, I, I don't know if this will, will make my top five list, but I it the game intrigues me enough that... I want to keep playing it, and so it's probably one that I'll continue to come back to. So isn't that 
it's so funny because I really didn't think that would be the case. I thought yeah. like you would be saying you hate it, and I was like, I'm going to surprise you and say <laughs> I did terrible, but I actually love this game. So there's something about this game I would really recommend that even if people have been scared off because it, it sounds so difficult, you should give it a shot. Yes, it's hard, but it's really fun. Yeah, the, the short amount of playtime that, that I did have where I wasn't dying or drifting into something, um, I had a great time. Um, yep. I, do, I don't. I don't hate this game as, as much as I thought I would. No, and uh, I'm, this is a game that would make the short list though of games I would like to have a cabinet for because I think it would really reward having the cabinet and playing it on the cabinet. Yeah, I, I think one. so. Like, like, so, so if we're talking about Mame Roms, this probably isn't in my top ten. But for cabinets that I want to own, this is probably top ten. Which is amazing, and for me too, easily going to be in top 10 for a game that I never played before. Like, it's crazy that I could be introduced to this game and immediately think, if I'm putting together an arcade, this is in my top 10. Like, that yep. boggles my mind that, yep. that, that that could be the case. That's how good this game is. Yep. So yeah. a few more technical details here. Uh, the game was released in August of 1982. There were 5,427 units manufactured. The original sale price was $2,095. Um, and Gravatar has apparently a unique high score table. So depending Wait, there on were only five thousand games, five thousand cabinets, uh, fifty four hundred of this cabinet. Yes, holy cow, that's so few. Yeah, like and I think it, like in general, like as a collectible item. Well, and, wow. and apparently, quite a few of these were later con- converted to a game called Black Widow, uh, uh, because all you had to do with Black Widow is swap out a couple of ROMs on the PCB, slap some new uh, marquee control art, uh, control panel and side art on, and a new wiring harness, and you had a new game. Right, and I heard that this game, I think, because maybe because it was so hard, it didn't do very well, so probably a lot of them got converted. Yeah, so I, I imagine they're oh. a lot more rare than they used to be. Uh, Gravatar has a unique high score table, um, depending on what your highest score is. I noticed it's um, called the Flunky List. Uh, yeah, there's, well, there's... It starts out as flunky list, and depending on what the high score is uh, on 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 the machine or on the ROM, it goes from flunky list to gunner list to co-pilot list to pilot list, ace pilot, killer pilot, Pontius pilot, and gotta be lucky list. <laughs> well, okay, so it shows you what my scores were like that I didn't know there was anything but flunky. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't either until you know until I was doing research on this game. I I, I doubt I would ever see anything above. Flunky or maybe Gunner. Uh, I, I love the Pontius Pilot joke there. <laughs> yeah, Ace and Pilot, the, Killer Pilot, Pontius yeah. Pilot. <laughs> and, Very funny. And I love the Gotta Be Lucky list. Um, how, what kind of score do you got to get to be on Gotta Be Lucky? Um, you know, the article that I'm looking at doesn't say. Cause I don't Google know. will tell me. Yes, Google will tell you. Uh, well, Google tells me it's 800,000. Uh, yeah. Um, so, oh, I was so close. <laughs> <laughs> so close. Just 20 or 30 or 40,000 more quarters and I might have got there. But it's amazing how if you think about it, like, so they made all these scores, um, put in a, basically a joke one at 400,000, the Pontius Pilot one. Um, the, the current world record score is, what did you say, 8 million and something. Yeah. Um, so, but it's amazing how, like, the people making this game didn't even bother, bother putting in a score for a million. Like, there's no new thing at a million because, like, who the heck could possibly get that far? Yeah, I, I doubt that they thought that anyone would, would get anywhere near that. So it seems there's not technically a kill screen in this, though. It just gets harder and harder. Yeah, I'm not seeing seeing that. And I don't know if you do manage to clear off the invisible planet that, where you can't see the levels and the gravity's reversed um, and, and everything in between that in the beginning. I, I, I'm not seeing that, that you just die. I, I imagine it starts over. I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't see it either. But I, I would assume 
you know, I'll, and eventually I'll find out what happens. But I assume it would go back to like regular stuff, just probably faster. Like most of the games, just say, yeah. okay, you think you're you think you're good at this? Let's speed it up. Yep. Um, one, uh, one thing I noticed, uh, some little things I, I found that uh, sort of surprised me because I was I was fly. The, the key is I can't fly very well. I was flying into everything. Yes, I think I one thing I have that. to do is get better at control. I killed myself far more than the oh, enemies yeah. killed me. I all I do is just go barreling into the ground. <laughs> it's yeah, terrible. Ma- managing the inertia and and the, using the right amount of thrust is 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 key to this one because you know i i like you said I, either i wasn't applying enough and i was slamming into the ground or i was applying too much and flying overshooting what i was trying to get to and flying yeah. into something and else. i would spend because i couldn't control my guy i would waste more fuel than i get picking up fuel things <laughs> i would stop and i would burn out more fuel than than would be recovered mm-hmm. once i picked up the fuel <laughs> so yep. i was like well that, that doesn't help me I, yep. I, all i did and was lose points, points. <laughs> <laughs> totally yeah. um i did find that and I found this totally by accident that the the turrets or the bunkers they want to call them that shoot at you and those are the red ones. Mm-hmm. Um, the blue ones are the fuel and the the red ones are the turrets. You can actually fly right through the turrets and they won't. You, there's no collision detection. They won't hurt you. I flew right through one once, um, <laughs> but when you shoot them, they blow up and they scatter little pieces. Those, those pieces will kill, will kill you. Yes, <laughs> almost everything in this game will kill you. But you can yeah. actually shoot the turrets. And I've read that there's a bug. That you can therefore fly, because since the turrets are just really lines, they're just the outside of it drawn, you can fly your ship right inside a turret and then fire and it'll blow up and only explodes outwards. So you'd be technically safe. So if you can hover right in there between the turret and keep off the ground, you can blow it up from the inside. Interesting. Uh, Supposedly. (laughs) It's not like I could do that. I'll never find that out. Uh, a gravitar unit appears in the 1983 movie War Games in oh. uh, James Bond 007, Never Say Never Again, and in Death Wish 4, The Crackdown. The best of those is War Games. Absolutely. Yeah. Which I've um, seen many times, so you think I would have known. I, I really think I must have known this game, but really just didn't play it or something. I so. imagine it was probably in the background of that scene in, the, in, the, in War Games where he's playing Galaga. Right, yes. Yeah, in the arcade. Yeah, it must, yeah. It must be there, but... Such a good game. But, yep. oh, uh, such a hard, such a good, hard game. It is. Um, Gravatar appeared on the Xbox 360, uh, games for Windows Live, um, and has been included with uh, the Atari, Atari Anthology for Windows and Xbox, the Atari Anniversary Edition for Dreamcast, PlayStation, and PC. It's showed up on the Game Boy Advance. If you, at one time, if you bought an X-Arcade joystick. It came with a disc of Atari games. This was one of them that was included. I don't know if they still do that or if it's different cool. games. There was a silver label version of the Atari 2600 version that was originally only available to Atari Club members. Um, it was later sold in stores in limited quantities. Uh, Atari later released it in the red box uh, and label style in large quantities. The silver label is obviously very desirable if you're a collector uh, because of how rare it is and because it was associated with the Atari Club. I would assume the 2600 port wouldn't be vector. They probably filled everything in and did it as a blocky, uh, a blocky raster game. I would imagine. Yeah, I yeah. haven't. That's uh, not a game that I played on the 2600. Nope, me neither. And it seems like it's just rare everywhere. Rare on the 2600. It, I guess it didn't get ported much. I guess because it didn't do particularly well in the arcades, uh, it didn't really get ported to everything under the sun, the way most of the games we've talked about so far have. Yep, that uh, happens. Oh, and uh, this was uh, one the first of over 20 games designed by Mike Halley and produced for Atari. He, who oh, um, wow. uh, Mike went on later went on to uh, do the Star Wars vector 
arcade oh, game. Oh, nice. I can yeah. see that. Yeah, the vector yeah. stuff. I yeah. wonder if this was one of the games that was in the idea binder that we talked about before that Atari had of Possibly. stuff. Yep. I wonder if there was the idea binder. That would be a fun thing to, to get a hold of a scan of. Oh, uh, yeah, definitely. The, uh, the early 80s Atari idea uh, that'd binder. That would be nice to see. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rich Adam was the main programmer, and the cabinet art was designed by Brad Shaboya. Oh, so interesting. So this, unlike some of the games we talked about, this was a game that was designed by one guy and programmed by a different one. Yes. Interesting. Yep. This reminded. This is a game that reminded me of a, a game on the Mac way back in the 80s called Oids. Did you ever play that? Uh, no, but it sounds yeah, familiar. I think it was actually an Atari game, and then it was ported to the Mac or, or something like that. And it was a similar sort of game, where it was just like this. You had a little triangle um, spaceship, and you had like the thruster, and you could fire. So it was this this kind of game except done in an early Macintosh style and I really really liked that game so um, I guess that's I do like this kind of game I don't think I was very good at OIDS either so I'm bad (laughs) at this sort of game but I do I do like it it was made I just looked it up it was made by FTL games and so they also did uh, a very collectible Apple II game called Sundog Frozen Legacy is this the same FTL that later did the, the, the popular Dungeon Master? This is exactly them, yeah. So gotcha. I guess they're probably best known for Dungeon Master, but I know them as the Sundog guys because that's a game I want to get and review on 1 megahertz. but every time it comes up on eBay, it goes for like crazy yes. money, so I don't have it. Uh, if you want to play a modern, uh, if you want to play Gravatar on a modern platform, it looks like it's available uh, at Atari.com's arcade uh, in Flash version. Okay. Yep. So I guess, and that's another solution to we were talking about earlier. Who was asking for the thing? I think it was Rex was asking for like tips on how to get main. The ROMs, yes. Yeah, increasingly, mm-hmm. for a lot of the popular games, there's other options. Like another way to go would be just have a have a folder full of links to places you can play all these games on the net because all the popular games seem to have versions you can play without resorting to to MAME, and there'll be very faithful reproductions online somewhere. Well, yes and no. Uh, it, some of, some of the the reproductions are really great, you know, especially when they they try to stick to the original. Uh, it's it's when they and we've talked about this several times before, but when they do these modernizations. Oh, I know, don't know those. Yeah, yeah, like, it's, yeah, those are terrible. I never like those. Um, those oh. are terrible. I blame you for those. Oh, thanks. Appreciate that. <laughs> Got to blame um, somebody. I'm firing up the blame throw. <laughs> that's right. We mentioned Dan Coogan as being the the current world record holder. We um, did mention him. He has. A webpage dedicated oh. to his Gravatar world record, kuganphoto.com slash Gravatar, home of Gravatar world record holder Dan Coogan. Look at this Hints page. and playing tips maps. with screen captures, etc. It's got everything. It's got like a walk through the game. It's yeah. got maps of all the locations. It's got, it does, it has like a huge gameplay walkthrough. Yeah. Like just. He's, he's gone through Why this didn't thing I like... get this before? <laughs> I, I, I went online just like last game. I did go on Twitter and basically beg for tips. And I got a ton of people telling me how much they liked the game, mm-hmm. and nobody gave me any tips. <laughs> I was just left That's hanging in the wind. They didn't have any tips. <laughs> I but they should have pointed me to this site. This has fuel tips. It's got the flow charts, like how to move through everything. It's got, you can click on like the various planets. So, oh. Ah, my game is going to improve dramatically. Yes, this Dan Coogan guy is pretty cool, and he yeah. seems to know this game well. I guess. Well, he he's does. talking he's... about like he went to visit the previous world record holder Ray Mueller at his home in Boulder. I assume to gloat after he won. <laughs> <laughs> Just knock on his door. <laughs> his name um, rings a bell. Was he in? Um, um, he the scored, he had a high score Kong on something else that thing? we talked about. I can't remember. Was he in King of Kong? Wasn't he? I'm sure he was, but I think he was on. He had a high score in another game. I think that we talked about um, okay. I th- maybe I'm not sure 
I, I, I imagine that he's one of those, one of the players that, you know, um, just hangs out with the uh, Billy well, Mitchell. And I, well, he does that. I mean, he's, you know, Billy Mitchell called him to congratulate him on his high score. That's uh, pretty cool. I keep yeah. hearing about Billy Mitchell doing things that actually make him sound like a decent guy. Yeah. The whole thing in that Kong movie, King of like, Kong, he's painted yeah. as such a such a bad dude. Well, and yeah. The, the more I hear about Billy, then the more it's like, okay, this, this film was really biased and edited to make him look like a, a supreme jerk. I know, but I keep reading about him doing stuff and say things where I'm like, oh, that's actually kind of nice. <laughs> so... Oh, uh, it looks like we had, t- we had said that, that uh, Ray Mueller had the previous high score, but that's not actually true because nice try, um, Ray. <laughs> Dan had previously broken his record in 2003 with 3,652,700 and then broke uh-huh. his own record again a couple of years later. Um, and <laughs> He's got a, a journal entry here dated June 15, 2003, where he says, Total victory. For the first time, I completed the final screen of the game, the northwest planet of the third solar system of negative reverse gravity and visible landscape with a new high score of 766,350. Negative reverse gravity and visible landscape? Like, whatever. <laughs> well, and apparently him doing that is what motivated him to try and break the world record. Right, to actually try to get and complete every world on every version. Yeah, sure, so I can of, totally see that. As of 2003, he had... Played. He had more, he had seventeen games where he had racked uh, rap, racked up more than a million points. Crazy, yeah, crazy, it's wild. So uh, <laughs> someday I, I hope to get fifteen thousand. Yeah, me too. That's that's <laughs> my meager, still, my meager little. Game. About, this game is really fun. Like really, really fun. It is, and and this this site that he's got is just a looks like an incredible resource. I'm going to be spending quite a bit of time going yep, through this. Yep. So to remind everybody, it's because we don't have show notes yet, it's kuganphoto.com, C-O-O-G-A-N-P-H-O-T-O.com, uh, slash Gravatar. It gets you to the Gravatar section. It's, it's funny. Down at the bottom, uh, he's got a list of links on his webpage over here on the left. And he's got, uh, in the extras, the last link is Ray Mueller, world champion, 1982 to 2006. Like it's a, a, a eulogy or something. <laughs> Ah, poor Ray. <laughs> poor Ray. Anyway, great game. Yeah, uh, definitely. I really definitely. dig, and I'm really. This is one of the best things that's come out of us doing this show is is introducing me to this amazing game, Gravatar. I highly recommend that people check it out. Oh yes, um, yeah. If if I were buying arcade cabinets and I had the space, this would this would be uh, probably top five. But I worry with something like just barely over 5,000 produced, a whole bunch of them converted to some other game. I wonder if this is a very expensive cabinet to get a hold of. I imagine it would be. In fact, there's a um, an old message from the guy, from Ray, who originally uh, had the, the record posted to Rec Arts game, uh, Rec Games Video Arcade Collecting, the, the Usenet news group dated April 22nd, 1999, where he's actually looking... To, to buy one of these. Right. Um, so if he's looking for them, I, I imagine that this is definitely a, a hot collector's item. Yep. Um, and they're not making any more classic ones. I suspect that this kind not. of thing is going to start getting really expensive. Yes. So if you have the means, now is probably a good time to get, to get it if you can. Yep. I will keep my eye on yeah. the free sale classifieds. And <laughs> I think that pretty much... It covers everything I have to say about this game. That's about everything you? that can be said about this game. Oh, you think so? <laughs> I think so. I okay. think we're, we're done with it. I think it's time for us to move on to new games to, to beat up. Maybe something we can do better at. Yes, and 
And it seems, uh, Carrington, you mentioned before we started recor recording that all the requests that we've gotten so far have been to go back to the original format where we play a sound clip, yep. but we don't tell you what it is. Everybody wants the mystery. And they say, you know, if they want to find out what the game is, if they can't guess from the sound, they'll either have to wait or look on Twitter or look on our site or something. But everybody wants it to be left as, a, you know, we play the sound tip or the sound clip and, um, uh, and let them try to figure it out and leave it as a surprise for the next show. That's right. And I have picked a bunch of the, the previous titles, so it's your turn, Carrington. Why don't you play a clip from the game that we'll be playing next week? Well, then I will. And here is what it sounds like. That is the sound of our game, our next game, to, to beat and destroy people. That's right. People in general, not just us. So until next week, everybody, uh, happy vintage arcade gaming. Is that our new slogan? Uh, it can be, I guess. Sure, I like it. Happy <laughs> vintage arcade gaming, everyone. <laughs> so, um, Carrington, I will talk to you in a week. Oh, yes, you will. Thanks, everybody. <laughs> Bye. Bye. You've been listening to No Quarter, the classic arcade podcast. Feedback can be sent to noquarter at monsterfeet.com. And like all Monster Feet podcasts, all the original material in this show is released to the public domain.